Welcome to the LibreQuest podcast. My name is Matt. This is episode 53, and today I'm joined by Michael Mrozek of the Pyra Project. Hello, Michael. How's it going? Hi there. I'm doing fine. I hope you're doing fine as well. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being here today. This is pretty exciting to get to talk to you about the Pyra. Um, well, it's always nice to uh, answer questions and get a bit of a coverage, so thanks for calling me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first, can you explain what the Pirate is and a bit of the history of Open Pandora? Of course. Um, the Pyra basically is the successor of the Open Pandora device, which you were talking about. Um, the Open Pandora device is probably known to quite a few people because... Um, when we started it, it was a pretty unique device. There was nothing out there uh, like that. Basically, it's a small mini computer, about as small as, well, a PDA, smaller than most smartphones these days, because smartphones now have six inch screens and stuff like that. And the Pandora had a 4.3 inch screen. Um, you could say the Pandora looked like a Nintendo DS, but instead of the second screen, it had a keyboard. So, and had a standard ARM CPU, two SD card slots, uh, uh, pretty big battery, and a 800.480-pixel uh, screen. And the main idea we had back with the Open Pandora was um, that this should be a device where we could emulate all major gaming systems, including Amiga. That's also why it has a keyboard, because for an Amiga, obviously, obviously you need a keyboard and a touchscreen. Well, and then it turned out that the uh, CPU of the Pandora, the OMAP 3, was actually fast enough so you could use it with a standard Linux system. So we could run XFCE as desktop manager. You could uh, run almost any Linux program you wanted. And so it was a bit of a hybrid system between a gaming device and um, yeah, a working device. I know some people used it as mini PC when they were on the go. Some people use it only for gaming. Some did both. I did both, actually. When I was uh, going on holidays, I just had the Pandora with me, which was enough to um, get emails and reply to emails and stuff like that. That is awesome. And the important thing... Uh, yeah, and, and especially if you think that the Pandora first... The first version of the Pandora was released 2008. And that's when just before first uh, iPhone was uh, released so yeah. it was way long before any smartphone so people weren't used to uh, getting their emails on a mobile device right yeah that's true um what are on the pirate what are the system specs because you kind of you covered the open pandora but what are the specs on the new uh, iteration uh, for the pirate we all we wanted to keep what's good with the pandora and improve the specs where we could um so we still have the two sd card slots so you could, well, I think the, the current SD cards could theoretically go up to two terabytes. So you could stick four wow. terabyte in there. Yeah. And we also got a third SD card slot inside the device, which is mainly used for people who want to uh, switch between different operating systems or who don't want to use the internal storage and want their own uh, operating system card just for experimenting and playing around. Uh, so we actually have three SD card slots. Um, the screen is a bit bigger and is 720p, which is more than enough for that screen size. It's 5 inch now. Um, the keyboard has been improved a bit. It now has a backlit keyboard and the keys are a bit better. Um, Wi-Fi is now 5 gigahertz and 2.4 gigahertz, not only uh, 2.4 as it was uh, with the first device. 
Um, what did we also improve? Ah, we have uh, all, all kinds of sensors, trim uh, access, uh, six axis sensor, um, GPS, uh, LTE 4G. So if you want to uh, put in your SIM card and have mobile internet access, stuff like that. Well, HDMI port. And well, I think that's mostly it. So um, we try to uh, keep the good things and improve it. For the CPU, we uh, use the OM5, which is now a bit old, I know. Um, and it's not really used uh, anywhere else. Um, but we had already, we were already in contact from the Pandora with TI, able to use the OMAP 5. And back then, nobody knew that uh, Microsoft would buy Nokia and Nokia wouldn't need the OMAP anymore. So the consumer version of the OMAP 5 didn't even exist. And uh, the automotive version does need a bit of uh, power. And basically, TI completely uh, stopped supporting the OMAP 5. So that's the only issue we have. Um, but as another improvement was that we have now a main board and a CPU board, which are plugged together, we can upgrade the uh, Pyra in future with the new SOC if you like to. Yeah, that's really cool to have like a upgradability in a, in a handheld. That's like kind of unheard of really, but it's just really cool that you have that. Um, so I understand that you've already shipped like uh, some of the pre-orders, um, but can you explain <laughs> the pre-order and shipping process and how that works? Um, well, at the moment, we're pretty slow with billing units because as usual, if you start a production run, um, you find a lot of small minor issues which you need to fix. For example, I need to do a lot of manual uh, fixing on the cases so that they fit properly. Um, this has already been fixed for the next iteration of cases, but at the moment it just means I need to um, yeah, tweak them a lot. I need to cut some plastic out. I need to file, uh, send some, some parts down so that it fits properly. And that's, that makes the building process pretty slow. Um, but we have shipped 150 units so far. Wow. And we are uh, increasing. Um, I just had to uh, rent new rooms because I didn't have the space anymore to, to uh, properly build the units. Uh, we were mostly playing Sokoban with all the boxes with the pyro parts in there just to uh, move the box around to get to the one you need. So uh, a bigger space was very, very important, and I now have that. It's rented. Um, yeah, but it's it's a manual building process at the moment. It's the same as Pandora. The Pandora also had a very slow building at the beginning. And with each unit, so every 200 units, uh, we had improved case designs or board designs. And uh, in the end, building a Pandora was completely done by the factory who uh, actually also produces the PCBs. But there's still a long way to go there, but we've started shipping them. And I think we've got about 1,300 pre-orders, 150 already shipped. Well, and the rest will continue at the beginning a bit slower, but we are increasing the speed. Yeah, that's something I was going to ask about because I was reading that you had um, you had a new space available just for assembly, is and it's assembly and testing, right? Because you have to assemble and test each unit before you ship it. Yeah, of course, everything that's related to the Pyra assembly, testing, just storing the parts, stuff like that, and not only the Pyra, um, because I actually also produce other devices like the Retro Two. Or um, I produce also uh, retro games for the Mega Drive and for the Super Nintendo, and I just need some space where this uh, will all where all the building will happen. Yeah, that's all. That's really cool. Um, 
So one question I did have, because this is um, a consideration, uh, but if someone wants to develop for the Pyra, are there like developer mm-hmm. units that you can send to developers? Um, we had a few developer units, with, which were the prototypes, um, but it always depends on what they want to develop. I can't really ship out units to people who just want to develop a, a bit of part of a software. Right. Because uh, that's something that anyone basically can do, and porting software over to the Pyra is pretty easy because it's uh, running a standard Debian uh, Linux, so uh, basically it's just a compile and it works. Um, so mostly the units have gone to developers who are able to help with the driver development and low-level kernel debugging stuff. Oh, very cool. All right. Well, one question I had about, uh, kind of goes back to software. Uh, what kind of like mm-hmm. emulators... Uh, emulators can you find like in the uh, Py repositories? <laughs> Not yet, much yet. Uh, I think we have a very good working DOSBox version. I know someone is working on RetroArch, which basically will bring all emulators at once. Yeah. Um, but the software part is, is still, mm, we don't have that much yet because it, we only had 150 units de- uh, delivered. So the porting is started, people are working on it, but it still, of course, takes a bit of time. Okay. But of course, you can use any emulator in the Debian repository. So if you want to play Atari SIG 2600, just install install Stella and you go. Okay, and that's for like it's an it's the uh, ARM. Is it basically all the software is ARM based? Yeah, exactly. It's okay. a standard ARM CPU. So uh, you have ARM uh, Linux distributions. You can either install the packages or just do a quick make uh, and configure and compile it, and that's it. Okay, very cool. So I noticed you'd posted about the uh, modems. Like um, when I was first looking at the uh, pre-order page, I noticed that they were region uh, specific for the modems. But is that not mm-hmm. the case anymore? Um, it still is, uh, but it might not be in the future because we are currently testing a modem, um, which is from the same developer uh, manufacturer, which has is actually pin compatible. And it supports all regions. So if that modem works, then the next, uh, after we deliver the first 500 units, the next ones will already have a modem which should work worldwide. But we're still in testing there, so we can't say anything about that. Okay. All right. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I was really curious about that because I noticed that in one of your posts. And I was like, that sounds really interesting. I wonder if that's something they've already you know, started to implement. But you're just in the testing phase right now. Yeah, exactly. We already have a board which have, has the modem populated but i need to test it here and then i of course need to send it over to someone in the u.s so he can test it as well okay well are there i I did have a question about this and you kind of mentioned this with the open pandora but are there any like real limitations on the pirate that would uh prevent a user from using it kind of like a desktop replacement Well, it depends what you expect. So if you want to play AAA games, um, then the pirate <laughs> certainly doesn't work because the CPU is not fast enough. That would be a limitation for that person. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it depends. Uh, one bad thing is, which we didn't know in the beginning, um, the OMIP 5 actually has a hardware bug. Um, as soon as you use the idle mode, the low power idle mode, uh, it freezes at some time which means um, that we can't use that low-power mode, which, uh, for example, allows the sm- like a smartphone that you can uh, just keep your smartphone running for 20 or 30 hours if you don't do anything and it doesn't really eat battery. 
that mode uh, sadly doesn't work in the OMAP 5 and there's no real workaround known. So it will always need a bit of power. So if you don't use it, uh, probably you have to shut it down, which is a bit bad because some people wanted to use it as a phone. Uh, but well, this can be fixed with a new CPU upgrade, but we can change the uh, hardware bugs of the OMAP 5. Yeah, that's something I was going to ask about. Is the I, I noticed there's been a lot of talk from different uh, users on the forums about actually using the modem to make calls, and I was wondering, has anybody actually tested that to see if it if it's feasible? Um, well, we did before we even chipped the unit, so we did uh, our hardware did some test runs, um, both sending SMS, doing phone calls, and stuff like that, and that worked. Wow. But he has his own testing uh, environment, and he uses a different Linux distribution. So there are probably quite a few bugs in ours. I know, for example, sometimes the whole USB stack doesn't work. So oh. sometimes you boot the unit, and uh, not even a USB mouse does work. It simply says uh, there's an overpower somewhere. And the modem is also using USB, so it's for the modem not to work. Yeah, well... <laughs> we are working on that. I actually have a new version of U-Boot already which mostly prevents this bug. Uh, but yeah, that's why we are mostly looking for hardware and kernel developers, because yeah. these are the, the showstoppers at the moment. You boot your unit and you have no idea why USB isn't working. <laughs> yeah, that is a, that is a, strange, <laughs> a strange bug for sure. Um, that's something else I was going to ask about, like external uh, display, or I guess it would need to be USB. Or, or do you, does it have HDMI out? Is that what you were saying? It has an HDMI port, yes. Okay, so you can use external display, keyboard, mouse? Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. Sure, keyboard, mouse, uh, via Bluetooth, via USB ports, two USB-A ports, so you can connect a keyboard and a mouse. Okay. Um, HDMI would work at the moment, but as usual, the, the internal screen is a, a portrait screen because it's impossible to get landscape screens in this size, sadly. So we've got a rotation working in there, and... Somehow the rotation is also affecting the HDMI port at the moment. So you can't use both at the same time, but you could, for example, uh, change your uh, um, boot configuration that you can boot into HDMI and then use it. But um, with the previous unit, we already made tests that we can use both HDMI and um, the internal screen at the same time. But it's just, again, something that needs to be fixed in software at the moment. Okay, so it's like, uh, what... what uh, does, um What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the display uh, manager, not display man manager, the uh, rendering manager. <laughs> like, is it using X? This is basically what I'm asking. Yes, uh, we are, okay. right now we're using X okay. uh, with Mate, uh, but you can also install XFCE, LXDE. I think someone is even using a, a I, what's it now, I18? Or is, are we already at I19? <laughs> oh, I not, forget, not but there are people. Yeah, there are people using different uh, desktop environments if they want to. That's easy. Just apt get, uh, apt install, and get your desktop environment, and it works. Will it, will it work with, like, has anybody tried installing Plasma on it? <laughs> yes, I did on the dev board. Um, it worked. It actually wow. worked pretty well. Um, but I wouldn't use it for a device on the go because even if the device is fast enough to run it, it will still need a lot of battery power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no doubt, for sure. Yep. Um, what about GPS testing? Uh, the good thing with, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. The, the good thing with Linux is, uh, yeah, the good thing with Linux is you can install multiple desktop managers at the same time and just choose at boot up which one you would like to use. 
So if you're using the device with uh, connected to a power supply, you can also use KDE or plasma if you like to. Right. And then on the go, you use something like what ice or something, uh, mate or whatever. That makes sense. Yeah. Or except or whatever you like best. Yeah. Um, so the GPS navigation, that was one thing that I wanted to ask about. Like, has there been any, uh, testing, like, are there any maps available that you can install to use with GPS? Um, well, there's not nothing yet in the repository, but again, our hardware developer who had to ensure everything is working, um, he was actually using it with Tango GPS and he used also some map software. I just, I think there is some mapping software available for Linux for free, Very but I'm not cool. sure which one that was, or maybe Tango GPS is also, um, possible to use OpenStreetMap or something like that. Yeah, no, I've heard of OpenStreetMaps. I think I saw some discussion in the forums about that as well. So I wasn't sure if like anybody had any like real, you know, experience with their with their Pyra if they'd actually done any testing. I wasn't able oh, to find it. People, people were already using GPS on the Pandora. They just connected an external GPS uh, dongle and used the software for it. So there has to be some software out there. Yeah, <laughs> for Linux. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Um. All right. So, yeah, I think that's that brings me to the end of my questions. Really, are there is there any details that you want to mention about the Pyra stuff that I didn't think to ask about? I'm not sure if there are a lot of details. We mentioned the upgradability. Mm -hmm. um, well, the most important thing for the moment is um, the Pyra is we only developed uh, mostly the hardware, made sure the hardware works, and are now delivering it. So there's a lot of stuff to be done in software. So that's something if you want to get a Pyra now, well, you can't get it now because we're still uh, delivering to pre-orders because before we can ship to anybody else. Um, but if you get a Pyra now, um, if you expect a fully working system like on Android, uh, that's not going to happen at the moment. But it was the same with the Pandora. For the first one and a half years, something about that, the Pandora had some working stuff, but it also had a lot of bugs and the battery time was pretty bad. And uh, this all improved over time because the more units they are delivered, the more um, people are working on the software, the more hardware cracks you have. And if somebody is, for example, not content uh, how the modem works, then he will uh, try to get it working better. Maybe even code a guy for that, a GUI, and then releases it. So at the moment, the software is pretty basic it's a standard uh, stock debian with note not a lot of improvements and there's still a lot of work to do but it was the same with the pandora it will improve over time very cool and if listeners want to find where to pre-order the pyra or where to find more details on the pyra where would they go uh, well the pre-order would be on dragonbox.de and uh, more information about the pyro obviously is on our homepage. there's a lot of uh interesting stuff on the boards as well and everybody's welcome to join the boards and discuss with us and um, that's on uh, pyra-handheld.com excellent all right well thank you so much again michael for being here it's been really fun talking to you thanks a lot for your questions so if there's anything i can help you let me know if you enjoyed this episode, you can join me on Locals at LibreQuest.Locals.com where I'll be posting exclusive interviews, some of my music, and other things. And we can talk about whatever you want to talk about as well. For other ways to support me, you can visit LibreQuest.org. That's L-I-B-R-E-Q-U-E-S-T.org. And thank you for being a listener. Until next time, I'm Matt, and this is LibreQuest.